0: I like Brent Laurian, I bet I could watch you strike out day. But when you're
1: done, doing whatever when you're through, playin' forever, you know that the night's fans will be right here Episode you. forty-two A Phenomaly. Hi everyone, welcome to Resting Pitchface. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. As always, catch us on our website, restingpitchface.com. That has all the links. That's the main place to find us. There are links to our best way of communication, which is restingpitchface on Twitter, no G. There's also links to our email, restingpitchface at gmail.com. A couple other things and our merch store if you're ever interested in repping us, stickers, t-shirts, tote bags, whatever. Obviously, everywhere else in baseball is in the middle of a pretty hot playoff race, We are not so much in the middle of a really hot playoff race. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So it feels like there's like a lot of stuff that's happening in other parts of baseball and not that much happening sort of that's standing out to us. So we actually wanted to start with some minor league baseball stuff today.
2: Though, ironically, I was going to say in our show outline, most of what we have to talk about is the Nationals and less what we have to talk about is around baseball other than Enjoy it. (laughs) Enjoy it, everyone. Some teams more than others. (laughs) Uh, But, like, remember what this feeling was. (laughs) You may soon forget it. Everything is ephemeral. Ephemeral. Baseball mostly. More so than other things.
1: But in terms of minor league stuff, um,
2: so we've talked a lot
1: about this in the past on multiple occasions, how obviously minor leaguers are mistreated, they're underpaid, they're overworked, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they're about to do something about it.
2: So this was an article in the LA Times um, by uh, Bill shaken I, I believe I've only seen his name in print. Um, and is about essentially the... The fact that um, the Saving America's Pastime Act, also known as the Underpaying Minor Leaguers Act, um, may actually lead to some movement in minor leaguers organizing, particularly given that um, there are just so many of them that. You know, some some kind of collective action may be necessary. You know, maybe necessary from them, um, and is possible given their given their numbers. Uh, a lot of you know what he he talks about is stuff that has been talked about, I think, by by us and by others who've who've been talking about labor organizing, um, including the fact that like uh, the average minor leaguer makes after uh, the minimum salary is ten thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars a year. <laughs> That's in triple A. Yeah. The minimum salary in the American Hockey League, which is like the triple A of hockey, um, is forty seven thousand five hundred a year.
0: Yeah, which is a comparison I remember you making, and then I saw that it was in this article with numbers and I kind of went, oh
2: yeah. yeah. Um and the difference in hockey is the folks in the ahl are actually represented by the major leaguers union mm-hmm. so there is the the echl this is the east coast hockey league which is like not even the double a it's like the single a of hockey um and they are not union and they are subject to many of the same things that minor leaguers are a lot of them are billeted which can be fine. It can be not fine. um, But rather than, you know, giving them money to essentially rent anything for, they're often um, just billeted places. Uh, The food that they're getting guaranteed from the club is often, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, things like that. And so it's not perfect, but it's at least, you know, an acknowledgement that you probably want to have a living wage in your minor league system. Really? Yeah. People need money? I mean, for, for a league run by billionaires, they sure don't yeah. understand that people need money. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, and one particular thing that I thought was really interesting from that article as well, they talked about sort of who would be the union. And this is something we talked about as well, talking about how there are so many different leagues, the minor leagues, plural for a reason, and different states have different laws, different leagues have different policies, And so to have a single union that would represent everybody would be complicated. What I found really intriguing was that one of the people quoted in the article is Maria Soma, the director of organizing for the United Steelworkers Union, which apparently has gotten a lot of um, inquiries lately from minor league players. And the United Steelworkers, in spite of their name being Steelworkers, actually represents workers in a ton of different industries from actual steelworking to healthcare, education, um, transportation, and just kind of all over the country, all over different industries. Um, and according to this article, they have 850,000 members.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't see why it would necessarily be complicated just to have, for example, the major league union be the union of the minor leaguers it's called compartmentalization. You know, you have department heads and who are in charge of different things, so that co- conflicting interests are still represented to the best interests of everyone. You know, I, I don't, I don't see why it would inherently be more complicated to have one union when clearly U.S. Steel and others like it have something similar going on. Um, True. Well,
0: or even, or even if they do, if if the MLBPA is just like, oh my God, no, this is too complicated. The idea that the minor leaguers are reaching out to US Steel and US Steel has handled way Just
2: more To be clear, stuff. it's United Steelworkers, not US Steel. Sorry. US, US Steel, Steel is corporation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the fact that the minor leaguers have been reaching out to the United Steelworkers union, who has handled way more complicated stuff than this, given the number of different industries they represent people in, seems relatively practical, frankly.
2: Yeah. Um, and in fact, they quote some major leaguers uh, in the article who are like, basically, like, we can't turn a blind eye to the conditions that minor leaguers were in, but like, convincing the union to actually, our union to actually extend to them might not be the best way to go about things versus. Maybe maybe another union like a United Steelworkers, uh, wherever. So the other issue they were they were basically saying um, is that they feel that if they go on strike, they can immediately be replaced by players in the independent leagues. Yep. Uh, but fun fact about strikes: <laughs> if you strike, the Teamsters will not cross that picket line. True. So it basically puts like the the sort of. The issue of, hmm, do you need things delivered to your ballpark? I bet you do. Do you <laughs> need trucks to do that in? I bet you do. Um, You're going to have a bigger issue than scabs. Like, you will not be able to deliver anything to a ballpark if the minor leaguers go on strike, which is a major, major thing. So, like, I, I have been toying with, and I haven't yet writ- written in full, but I've been toying with a uh sort of comparison between minor leaguers organizing and non-unionized teachers organizing um and one of the major things was like oh we could basically bring in scab teachers but like you can't deliver anything to a school Mm -hmm. and there are a bunch of unions that absolutely will not cross picket lines and it gives you a major sort of like it gives you a major advantage in these kinds of dealings, you know, gives workers a major advantage when it's like, oh, do you need to move goods and uh, goods? Like, you can't. And so that was also, you know, when you have major unions like the Teamsters, like, you know, whatever other uh, unions or a lot of service workers unions who absolutely will not cross a picket line, it does give you a much greater um, sort of bargaining lever um, than you would believe that a bunch of underpaid dudes um, who are about like 20. On average, would have.
0: I didn't know that. That's great.
2: Yeah. Um. It's it's actually one of the reasons that like makes striking actually effective. Um. And yeah, because like yeah, you do you do get solidarity, particularly from from the Teamsters, who uh, historically their union has been you know had some interesting times. <laughs> uh,
0: well, for anybody who, like me, didn't know anything about the Teamsters until a quick Wikipedia, they currently <laughs> have 1.2 million members. Yeah. And their divisions include airline, bakery, laundry, brewery, soft drink, construction, freight, uh, industrial trade, newspapers, and railroads. Yes. And
2: warehouses. Fun so- fact. Hannah, yeah. who was on the podcast two weeks ago, was in the Teamsters union briefly. Cool. So she worked on the tourmobile in DC when it used to run, and to do that, you had to be a member of the Teamsters union. (laughs) That's awesome. Um,
1: So then, is there an issue with conveying this knowledge? I mean, it it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, obviously the Teamsters and whatever will not cross the line. So obviously, the minor leaguers have a huge lever or a huge like leverage here. But do they know that? I mean, is that that's not something that they are necessarily aware of? So, is there a way that this information needs to be communicated to them? Because it, it sounds like they're—I mean, it's a bunch of twenty-year-old boys and a bunch of like fifty-year-old men who just keep playing because they want to play. Yeah, that's an
2: exaggeration, obviously, but like. So, I mean, that's basically the job of labor organizers. Um, and so if they're reaching out to a place like United Steelworkers, mm-hmm. what they would do is not sort of, send, I mean, they would send lawyers, essentially. Um, so a lot of labor organization actually comes from, from union lawyers who know basically about sort of standard stuff and contracts, things of that nature. But it's also sending organizers who come in and say, look, we know that you all are afraid it's scary. It's scary not to get a paycheck. Like it's terrifying. You feel you're going to get fired. You feel that you know you can be instantly replaced. Here are sort of the the levers that you have. Here are the the things that you can do. Um, and in some cases, here are the things that you can't do legally. If you're but if you're interested in sort of pressing the issue, here are the consequences for that. Um, I was part of a no strike union, and so like. We, we basically were t- told if we wanted to go on strike we would do a work to hours strike um, which is hilarious for teachers which is i will work only the hours mm-hmm. i am actually o- obligated to work which <laughs> sounds like work for the rest of the world um but for teachers is actually a major sort of component of please see all of the things i do extra mm-hmm. um and so you can have a strike that's not the traditional strike in fact you can say like we're gonna work to hours like we will do a work to hours strike Which oh, I've or, seen those.
1: and mlb players or milb players could do that since they're literally literally paid the law is that they're paid for the 40-hour work week. So if they play an extra game or play extra innings, they could just not do it.
2: Yeah, so they could say we're not going to play Saturday and Sunday games, which were the most profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for anything because this if you're saying that like we are only subject to minimum wage until 40 hours, well, we're not going to we're not going to show up to batting practice early. We're not going to do all of the extra work that we need to do. Um, and, and the idea is like, well, that might interrupt your d- personal development, your chances of making it, blah, blah, blah. Frankly, if they had a whole system of guys in the independent leagues who could play at the like double A level, they would be playing there.
1: I wonder to back up what you said in terms of it interrupting their development. Maybe that's the type of thing that they're actually more afraid of, that any sort of work stoppage at any in any amount would mean that they're not going to be able to train properly. They're not going to be able to work on their mechanics properly, which, yeah, they might get them an extra amount of money for their lives right now. But you tell that to a 19 year old kid who thinks he's going to make it big in the majors that don't worry for six months, you can't play baseball the way you want to like that. That's like saying you're not going to make the majors. Maybe that's what they're actually more afraid of.
0: Well, I wonder if there would be a way around that to, to have an organized sort of supplementary training to help like we're not working for you we're doing what we want to do on our own time like private camps or something like that yeah and i know it's sort of you know splitting hairs because the who is it for when you do training on your own time is it for you or is it for your team but if there were a clear if they made a clear delineation where they were like, we will not be on your fields doing your games, doing your activities. We'll do what we want in our own time because we care about our personal development, but we're going to do it on our own. And I wonder whether that would be somewhere that the major leaguers could get involved because a lot of them have coaches and facilities that they use. Um, somebody in our bullpen trained with Tim Lincecum last offseason. season
2: yeah and actually one of the things that they are protesting is the fact that they have to do all of those things ancillary to their actual like official and i'm gonna put this in, in quotes tour of duty um <laughs> no that's what it's called no 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 i know yeah um like that was what what my actual hours were called of like you have your tour of duty and then you have everything else um but you know how do i put this and and again i'm going to mostly like ununionized teacher strikes because it's, again, supposedly a work a work week of a fixed number of hours, but you're not paid extra for all of the things that you're expected to do extra anyway. A lot of the teachers didn't feel that it was strike-breaking to continue to communicate with students to, like, have, you know, give assignments, have their kids do whatever. But they said, absolutely, will not show up to school. We are going to be very clear with our kids about why this is happening about that this is for them ultimately, sort of, you know, things like that. But if I have a study session at my house two weeks before the AP exam, that's nobody's business but mine and my students. Or Did if you, I say, yeah, you know, if or if I'll meet you guys at the library and study versus at the school. Um, and if I'm doing that on my own time, that's that's it. And it's not strike breaking. So I guess, you know, you could you could see minor leaguers doing stuff like that of like if I go to the gym You know or go for a run like that's for me and not for not for my team but you know i think it's a little harder when the ultimate beneficiary of their work is themselves versus Mm -hmm. with teaching or other things the ultimate beneficiary of the work is is other people
1: right and i guess that's i guess that's where i'm coming from is that they would be ultimately hurting themselves depending on how that went down. Cause they'd be cutting themselves off from those resources resources and those contracts um, yeah. in a way that, and only hurting themselves. I hate to minimize this, but like, not like you're hurting a student for six months, you know, that, that you can put off to the side, you're hurting yourself.
2: Yeah, and, and to be clear, like, they wouldn't need to strike probably for six months. I know, but yeah. And so like, if they all sort of en masse said, we're not showing up to spring training we do not get paid for string training we Mm -hmm. are not going to show up until you pay us to show up you know and good luck filling out your roster
0: yeah i mean there's nowhere near enough guys in any ball frankly like i know that that's sort of the the scare tactic idea of like we can fill you with any but if if enough people did it there's nowhere near enough guys in any ball
2: yeah. And yeah. the only guys in the miners who are unionized are the um the guys on the 40 man. So if the guys on the 40 man said, hey, we're in solidarity, not going to show up, you know, because mm-hmm. we used to be this really recently and we may go back to it. Like we can get dropped. We can get added. I, you know, that's a case where like, oh, d- did you have a reliever that got injured? Do you need another one? I'm guessing you're going to need to pay some of us. Mm -hmm. like that becomes sort of a major leverage point of oh okay please go to the like the southern maryland blue crabs and get you a reliever like (laughs) no like you can't do that like oh yeah go to a college and get them enjoy that you know and so i think it's just like the 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 work of organizing is convincing is to basically say here are the risks here are the benefits but like the power to control this is ultimately with you and here are the way like they're they're so bent on you guys not organizing because they're afraid of you
1: and they're making you believe that they're making you afraid of them because they're more afraid of you it's the uh spider versus person with a newspaper (laughs) realistically
2: speaking (laughs) yeah and the ownership is definitely the spider
0: (laughs) yeah yes i am more afraid of it than it is of me yeah (laughs) Well, not that everything's sort of love and sunshine at the Major League level.
1: That's true. Uh, specifically within the Nationals organization, that is not true. And I don't think we've actually... We have talked about this amongst ourselves several times. I don't think we've actually ever brought it up on the podcast. And it's it's we're overdue to talk about it, I think. Doug Harris in the Nationals front office. I don't remember his exact position. Does somebody... Assistant
0: general manager and vice president of player personnel.
1: Okay. So like, you know, fairly high up in this organization, not that that really makes much of a difference, but in terms of like being on someone's radar, um, he has leukemia and he is literally crowdfunding with a GoFundMe. I want to say we should make, we should check that and put it a link into it, even though it's there is a GoFundMe,
0: it has been closed. Okay. Um, and so he is crowdfunding and now not crowdfunding per se, but sort of fundraiser funding um, more formally for a treatment that everybody's calling experimental, which is called CAR-T. Can I just say this leukemia treatment, they're teaching it in first year medical school. It ain't that experimental.
1: It, it's something that's been around for a while.
0: It's Well, no, it's new, but it's pretty damn well established. Okay is effective, at least in some people. Mm-hmm. Is it perfect? No, but any? the fact that, well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. like cold meds that are approved by the FDA don't work, don't, don't buy phenylephrine. It doesn't do anything. It literally doesn't do anything.
2: I mean, you can and, turn yeah. it into math. You don't. <laughs> Nobody tries to. I'm not saying it cures your cold, but it cures your lack of meth. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Sydney. But yeah, the worst thing... I'm sorry. Can I tell a fun? Can I tell a silly story on my mother for a second? Oh, go for <laughs> it. Did your mother bring that? Um, yeah. When my when I was in college, my mom called me about I don't know, and was just like, "Oh, I'm worried about like the meth epidemic," and I'm like, "Okay, like why?" And she's just like, well, uh, you know, it seems like everybody's doing that. I'm like, I want to be clear. I am not. <laughs> um, but then to basically, she start, keeps talking about it. I was like, well, it's not even like that hard to make. So I just pulled up a web page on how to make meth. Oh, no. Um, which is, I'm sure, in my like Ask Jeeves search history. Um, Somebody's <laughs> on an FBI list or a DA um, list. And just started reading her the directions. I'm like, what? Like, it's hard? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think she was not as reassured as, as I. Yeah, that was a very suspicious,
1: I am not taking meth mother. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's how to make it. I'm not making it, though.
2: I was like, what? Like, it's, I'm like, I could make it if I wanted, but I don't want to because I don't want to blow myself on making meth. Like, this is not difficult. So, so
0: the point of all of this <laughs> was that obviously our healthcare system is screwed up. <laughs> and th- it's crap, all of it but but, even like the specifics of this, the fact that this treatment, which is basically like you take your T cells out, you train them to see the tumor better, and then you put them back in. I'm not making that up that's that's really the the cliff notes of what this therapy is. Mm-hmm. um, the fact that we're still calling that experimental enough that it's not covered by insurance, is utterly infuriating. Mhm. Um, so the, every everything about this situation is infuriating. Everything,
1: multiple um, levels. It's an onion onion of fury.
0: So so the next level of the onion of fury, <laughs> um, the next level of the onion of fury is that his treatment costs four hundred thousand dollars, which to we normal mortals is an astounding amount of money.
1: But to baseball, right? So so is now sub the-
2: one is one. Guy
1: <laughs> it's money. one it's, it's, what? It's, it's, it's
2: one tenth of a Joe Blin. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not even Joe Blanton money. It's one-tenth of a Joe Blanton's. Joe Blanton's, like, maybe arm to the elbow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for Joe Blanton's arm...
2: <laughs> to the elbow! To the elbow.
0: <laughs> yeah, Joe Blanton's lower arm? Joe Blanton's
1: forearm? Yeah. Joe Blanton's forearm
0: and So so for the cost of Joe Blanton's forearm, the learners and or the multi-millionaire players, but particularly the learners, because billionaires, like... Trump you're millionaire. You're a billionaire. You're a billionaire. Yeah. None of them have just sort of said, don't worry about this, buddy. We'll cover it. And instead, the latest iteration is a team fundraiser auction um, where a lot of the players have donated things. And in particular, the assistant general manager, Bob Miller, has donated his World Series ring to be auctioned off. Um, He was in the Diamondbacks' front office in 2001. So he has a ring. And that's being auctioned off because obviously private individuals auctioning off their personal property is the way that any of this should be working.
2: It just And we have the 40 man up and like, I know it's not all equal, but if each of them donated about $10,000 with like, I don't know, Maximilian Scherzer donating mm-hmm. a bit more given he is worth the GDP of a country, mm-hmm. you know, like, they could have this taken care of in a heartbeat. So it's real nice that they're donating a bunch of stuff, but like, come on.
0: You could open your wallet instead of cleaning out your closet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, even if they're really
1: that loath to do something, I mean, literally two tick, $2 from every ticket sales for a ticket sold for a month would easily make this money. Not that they need to do that. They could just go into their Scrooge McDuckian vault and take it but $2 from every ticket. I don't think I could think of a single Nationals fan that wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, take my $2 and give it to somebody who has cancer. Right.
0: And, and, you know, I think there have been some interesting takes on this on Twitter, many of which have been sort of the onion layers that we've just said. A, this shouldn't be a thing in society. But B, given that it is right now, the way that this is being handled is crap. I did see some people saying sort of, where does it end how much of the personal expenses of every individual who works for you were you responsible for if you're gonna pay for the gazillion dollar cancer treatment sorry the joe blinton's forearm cancer treatment for somebody in your front office what about the emergency cancer treatment for your janitor and i'm like okay first of all if multiple people in your organization are not getting their cancer treatments paid for, you have a systemic issue with your health insurance yeah. that you're providing as their employer, Just and you should freaking fix that. Just for starters. And even beyond that, like, there's a difference between an exceptional case, which, frankly, I think if the learners have billions of dollars, they should cover the exceptional cases.
1: And maybe there's nothing wrong with paying for the treatment of your janitor no there's nothing at all if 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 a janitor
0: if a janitor at Nats park were having this same problem we wouldn't be doing this first of all probably nobody would know about it which would know about it tragedy but i would feel the same i have honestly i have never heard of doug harris until this Never. I don't know who he is. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he means no more to me because he's in the front office than he would if he were any other employee of anywhere else in the NADS organization. I don't know who he is. So I found that so, sort of a sort of a difficult uh, comparison to swallow where I'm like, no, the janitor, should, the janitor should be paid a living wage and have health insurance such that this sort of situation should be an extreme rarity. And when that extreme rarity does happen, then yes, These billionaires should pay for it, and I don't care who it is. It's
1: not an argument. It's just a logical fallacy. It's just, I mean, yeah, let's go take a big old jump off the slippery slope. Sure, that's the way to make
2: a point. Yeah, and it's like, well, if their kids needed to go to college, would you pay for that? I'm like, yeah, if you're not paying them enough for them to save up, yes. We're talking about literal billionaires. We're not
1: talking about somebody who is making minimum wage and being asked to pay for somebody else's like they literally have more money than anyone could any family
2: could spend
0: they are richer than god that's that's the phrase at this point they are richer than god
2: and like they're in a in a giant freaking taxpayer funded stadium Uh yes and like the mlb made 10 billion dollars of the b in revenue last year um you know they're all concerned about, like, oh, you know, oh, ticket sales are down, blah, 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 blah. And because you're jacking the price up. Mm-hmm. So, like, the revenue hasn't changed, even if you're restricting the number of eyeballs on your product.
0: Which is stupid, because then people are buying less merch because
2: they're not going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, that's a, that's sort of a <laughs> a separate thing of, like, M- MLB is not hurting for money. The learners are not hurting for money frankly, like, the fact that they're doing this is, disgu- like, an auction is a disgusting embarrassment to the team.
1: Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, we can't, obviously, we can't really have a nuanced discussion about this, because it seems so simple, and we're all so angry. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for shades of gray here, like unless you've just been completely brainwashed by capitalism, and then, and you're not, and you're believing the lie that they're telling you, which is that we shouldn't do this, and we shouldn't take care of each other.
0: I mean, GoFundMe is now one of the largest health insurers in the, company, in the country, <laughs> technically speaking. God,
1: it makes me sick. It makes me sick.
0: I know. And I've some. there was a viral Twitter post going around that it's basically like the same queer disabled people of color handing each other back the same $10 over mm-hmm. and over again every other month when the next person gets in trouble. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, maybe much. not so much in this case because the Nationals fan base is more white and wealthy than many you know, cohorts in this country. But... You know, it's just silly that we're even having this conversation when there are literal billionaires sitting around being billionaires and they have an employee who doesn't have his health care costs covered.
2: Yeah. And I think the the other post I have seen either on Twitter or elsewhere on social media, it's why are Americans so friendly? It's because they need to have enough friends so when like to, to cover their cancer fundraiser. Ugh. And it's like, yeah, this is gross that you have to reach out to the support of your community for something that shouldn't probably cost $400,000. No, absolutely
0: should not. I mean, and and this is a more difficult example because you can get all the research and development stuff thrown in your face when you try to argue about it, which is still crap, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I say that as someone whose salary has been paid by a drug company in the past. I don't cost that much. (laughs) I don't work for them anymore. I didn't work for them in the first place, technically, but... The money that paid me to work where I was working came from them. We don't cost very much. There's a lot of very low paid people pushing a lot of papers around. And then they're saying, oh, look at all this research and development we did. We must charge you $500,000 for this drug. Yeah, sure. Okay. Give out fewer stuffed animals and stickers.
1: Yeah, I mean. Putting it into your pockets. Sorry, I said. No, right, but also,
0: yeah, anyway, I, I kept one of the stuffed animals. Um,
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> who's it, the hypocrite now, Laura?
0: <laughs> well, they weren't going to take it back. <laughs> but the point is, the point is, um, the research and development thing is largely crap, but a much more cut and dried example at this point even is insulin.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Insulin is made by a bunch of bacteria. It was Who- discovered that we could do that about a gazillion years ago. We it don't have the any of the bacteria.
2: It was in the 80s.
0: Okay. We don't have to pay the bacteria.
2: <laughs> Except in sugar and in um, uh, basically giant tanks to grow them in that like rock gently back and forth. Mm-hmm. So basically so, in a washing machine filled with corn syrup. I am not joking.
0: So we need to buy the washing machine and fill it with corn syrup. Yeah. But other okay. than that, and yet companies are still jacking up the price of insulin because they can and people are dying. Yeah. As if it
2: still has to come from horses or something
0: right some yeah, of it does You still get serum six sickness because you've been injected with horse blood so many times
1: for the record some insulin does still come from animals uh mainly pet insulin but some people do have reactions to but it's not enough it's just a point of Order that I wanted to make. It's not enough to matter in the general purpose of this conversation.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just the industrial production yeah. of things by fungi and bacteria has been in place since World War II. Um, so, like the washing machine example was actually how they produced the first antibiotics on on mass. Um, they got a bunch of washing machines to serve as like rockers, which are things that essentially incorporate oxygen into into um, your growth medium, and then grew a bunch of the fungi that produced penicillin, um, and other penicillin, you know, sort of associated things on basically corn syrup. Um, so like I was not being facetious in any way, except that was fungi and not bacteria. Uh, but like the industrial sort of means of production of this has been in a, has been in place for a long ass time.
0: So I guess the question now is what, I mean, I'm not participating in the auction. I don't have any money for one thing. Uh, but but what where does this leave the the nationals auction situation? I mean, what do we think we should be doing about it, other than yelling, which we're doing? But I don't think anybody's listening.
1: I'm not sure. I mean, unless, unless there is another type of GoFundMe or we caring or whatever, I don't know. As you pointed out, I don't have enough money to go buy somebody's World Series ring, like, and
0: I don't want to anyway because I think this is a stupid way to do it.
1: Right. And but at the same time, like I, I think him having to go fund me, his healthcare is stupid, but I would give to his GoFundMe me because I don't want to punish him for the fact that the system sucks. You know what I mean? I yeah. I'm not sure there is anything that we can do. We can
2: add the learners on Twitter a whole lot.
1: Yeah. Like you enough. can
2: express very loud displeasure with the fact that this is happening and make it make it embarrassing. So yell.
0: (laughs) It is. Third choice there. But it's already embarrassing for them. And people are saying that. And it hasn't changed anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, But I think given that it was, it went from a gear fund me, which was embarrassing. And people pointed that out to an auction that seems a, a lot more like not just team like promulgated, but team endorsed to just say, hey, this, this is a bad look. Like you are not even spending a tenth of Joe Blanton money on a real bad look. Like if nothing else. Yeah. Um. If if you can't appeal to like your fundamental humanity for like, don't let one of your employees die, um, because you couldn't give up sub minor league money, like it, at the very least, don't let other people see that that's what's happening. <laughs> I, I mean it. No. I know.
0: I, I think we've I think we've hit a wall with this. So yeah. I would just like to say that Doug Harris. For all that I didn't know you existed until a couple weeks ago. You seem like a real nice guy who's impacted a lot of people positively. I'm really sorry that you're going through this and I hope it turns out okay. That's all I got. Yeah.
1: You know what else stupid? Well, what, what the, nat- the Nationals are willing to spend money on and not him? Mm. A rocking chair
2: for Jason Worth. They are. <laughs> it's a camo rocking chair.
1: I was trying to tell and I was really hoping it wasn't camo, but it is. Oh, it's
2: camo. Yeah. My eyes are
1: not very good, so I was looking at it at the at the appreciation night, and I was like, "Please don't be camo. I can't
2: tell. Please just don't be camo. It's camo." I it think it's. Camo. I
0: think it's dumb that it's camo. I am really entertained by the rocking chair. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, they got him that. They got him the uh, like a framed picture of like him, you know, during the the walk off of Game Four of tw- the twenty twelve NLDS, doing like the jump into the pile of humans. <laughs> and did uh, everybody on
0: that team sign it? Mm-hmm. i thought that's yeah. what they said
2: yeah. um yeah so everyone signed it they got him the the chair and then obviously the opportunity to to talk to that stadium so i'm just gonna real quick interject we're we are
1: going to talk about the jason worth appreciation night so jason worth haters you can leave i'm not sure what you were doing here to begin with mm. jason worth fans if you were there we'd love to hear you tell us what your favorite part is uh in a twitter or a tweet or a Email or something like that. Back to business, or or even your Jason Worth, your b- favorite
2: Jason Worth moment. Yeah,
1: we would love to to hear it. But yeah, the appreciation night, I segued into it from a in an ugly way, but it was a real lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Dan colco uh, it was sort of uh,
2: well, and he 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 said, "You go, Dan colco If he hadn't, I think there would have been rioting. I loved that. I loved that. He shaved off half of the hair,
1: and the beard's looking trimmer little less mountain man in his retirement, I guess.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More organic farmer. Yeah. Yeah, He honestly does look like he might make artisanal honey. He
1: does. (laughs) No, we know that he does.
2: Yeah. Like he and Strauss might be opening a a store together.
0: (laughs) If I saw him at a farmer's market and didn't know who he was, I just literally would not blink twice. I would be like, oh, it's that guy. Like this farmer's market version of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In a sweater. I feel like he needs to have a sweater on. But then, yes, completely co signed.
0: And his glasses. He has glasses. He just doesn't wearing them. That's true. The man bun, the glasses, the sweater, <laughs> and some boots.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm sure if he if he grows organic rutabagas, he can tell us all about them. <laughs>
1: he probably <laughs> would be happy to. But so at, during the appreciation night, they put the video was it Masson at mm-hmm. the beginning of the ceremony? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah it was Masson. Masson. The video from all of the people he's played with kind of got me.
0: Oh, I was crying when Danny went up, or when Danny when Danny's clip came up. I was crying.
2: Yeah, um, I I enjoyed the the cheering for Desi. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and LaRoche and a few others. Um, I think we you know talked about last time. Do Nationals pl- uh, fans hang on to Nationals players for a <laughs> long time? And the answer was like yes. Will we still cheer out of our minds l- l- because Ian Desmond has less <laughs> left us for the NL West? Yes.
1: I do think it was very funny that Adam LaRoche looked exactly how I pictured what Adam LaRoche would be doing, which was living in a cabin somewhere definitely looked like he was filming himself on a GoPro before going out into the woods. Like, <laughs> it was exactly the Adam LaRoche that has lived in my brain since he retires. Like, yeah, that's probably what he's doing. Yeah, like, did they not get him a camera rocking chair? They <laughs> He probably doesn't need it. His probably his
2: entire living room is camel rocking chairs. I mean some of it is like a deer skin rug or something. That's true. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Bears I, I don't want him to shoot bears. I don't want him to shoot any of the things that
1: he shoots, but we're just gonna move past it. Just gonna push right past it. It was abbreviated though, Sydney. You were saying um the ceremony. That there was more stuff that they wanted to do, but because we had to play the uh, single entry double header because high DC in August and September. Do you know what they were planning? What else they were planning to do? The cut cut.
2: Ah, yeah. So, um, basically the weather was such that it rained the night before. There was a long rain delay, and then they finally postponed the game. And then they were supposed to do yes yeah, a red carpet event, and people had like you know, you get sort of points for doing various things and people had saved up their points for it. Um, and just like, it was a bunch, it was a bunch of, of stuff that they were planning to do and like everything but the ceremony essentially got canceled. And so there was some, there was some saltiness uh, about the rain delay that we're not gonna get back into, but it kind of ended up sucking a lot for people who were like, this really was a, a sort of once in a lifetime experience that that has gotten postponed. Because oh, the Q and A, yeah. Yeah, there, there was a Q and A, and there, yeah, like there was a whole, yeah, there was a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. Um, and then they just, you know, didn't do any of it, uh, and that kind of sucked. Oh, I, I will say, so you know, some people sort of likened the Jason Worth ceremony to like, will we do do one for Chase Utley? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the Phillies will. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I
1: mean, like... We won't, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I personally
0: know. But, but, but I'm, I'm sure, sure the Phillies will. I yeah. had a college friend who used to babysit for his kids. She was very verklempt about him.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. He engenders a lot of emotions in people. Um, Some confusing, as <laughs> the Dodgers have uh, demonstrated on multiple occasions.
0: Oh, but. my lord. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, trying to make out with everybody this weekend. I feel like that's happening. Yes, I saw that. like. Are we playing gay chicken, or do, do we just not care anymore? Because just not caring anymore, I endorse. I think playing it's gay chicken annoys me, but if we just don't care anymore, I am
1: all for that. I, I think it's the latter from the few quotes that I've seen, but Solid. I'm not living in his heart, so. You know <laughs> what, Yasiel Puig, you do you. I support that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the weather was a bit of a thing, and you know what, the thing I'm mad about the weather, maddest about about the weather, and I think I'm the only person that's gonna say this. So I have been asking for the Nationals to stop playing games after we hit 69-69. For obvious reasons, I think. Just like stop playing. That is then our record on the season. Nice. (laughs) Okay. And then for a couple of days, it looked like that was actually gonna happen. It was just, we were at 71-72. And I was like, this is not what I asked for. You're supposed to stop this five days earlier. (laughs) Like we had a whole bunch of games that were canceled because of the weather and the constant rain. And I was like, maybe we'll just
2: not play baseball for the rest of the season. But it's four games too late. Damn it! <laughs> um, I will say, like, we had, you know, we had the, the record 69 and 69. But we've had almost every other combination of 500 the whole season. It's true. We really have. Um, And so it's kind of amazing of just, like, it's not like, oh, like, tremendous success, tremendous slump, tremendous success. It, well, it's been like that. But, like win some, lose some, win some, lose some, wins like it yeah. looks like a sine wave. Yeah, I was gonna I was about to describe it
1: that way. It's largely been very few major spikes. Either way, uh the nationals are 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 doing fine. Just like literally the definition of fine.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I think they've been pretty fun to watch a lot of the time in the last couple weeks. Um obviously crappy games are gonna be crappy games, but I mean Baby Joe. Yeah, we have we have dimples back, although they're bearded. But but dimples is back. Um, (laughs) and obviously we've got the the Soto show continues. Yeah. Um, and the offense has been pretty decent.
2: Last couple
0: days, at least. Yeah. Yeah, and with with some notable exceptions, the bullpen hasn't been. Bad either. I mean, Dew is back, which is awesome. He's riding the bullpen cart. Did we talk
1: about that yet? Oh no, that was the other thing from Worth Appreciation Night because it was it all got lost in a very long
2: blur of two games. But
0: yes, yeah, yeah. So that was the day they reactivated him, and he's now riding the bullpen cart, and it's wonderful.
2: And you know, there's just everyone kind of agrees that they are playing the best baseball of the season now, which is good. Like it's better that than not doing it. Um, and it gives you know some hope for next year as well. Yeah, and, I mean you know, it this is just a case of like, I don't know. I don't wanna be like I told I told everyone so, but like I think back in April we were talking and I'm like, it's gonna be a five hundred season. Yep. Like it's gonna be a five hundred season, which means like when you turn on the TV, you got a fifty percent chance of seeing a win and a fifty percent chance of not, and yeah. That's sort of like what that's okay. Like there's a lot more disheartening.
1: Yeah, and I mean it has been I have to say, it almost—it's almost been more fun lately, because obviously the
2: playoff chances are at like
1: one percent, less than one percent, somewhere in there. We're playing five hundred. This is the time to let all of the September call-ups have at it, and some of the best stuff is coming from like these young guys who in an actual playoff situation, not counting Juan Soto because he is um, a, phenomaly, mm-hmm. a anomaly. Anomaly. A phenomenal anomaly. Phenomenal anomaly. I like I it. Love and, um, but like Robles has come up and that kind of stuff, like, that's really fun. And if we were actually in a playoff race, we probably wouldn't be seeing some of that stuff again, excusing one Soto, because he's going to keep on doing one Soto things and we're all going to love it. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but like, maybe it's better that we just kind of collapsed and now we can just sort of see what next year's actually going to bring us and
0: yeah, and have some fun. I mean, yeah stevenson and sanchez collectively as the adrians the adrians have been have been having some fun and they've been fun to watch yeah. um defoe has been hitting homers and he's been fun to watch despite the fact that he was told not to hit
1: homers apparently which, right, just which baffles the mind
0: we're just going to dismiss that as a comment <laughs> that's canceled Your 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 thoughts are canceled bye um <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, the, the, the young guns are, are running rampant. I mean, literally, Juan Soto stole, what, like three bases?
2: Three, In yeah, the yeah.
0: Saturday game. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the young guns are running wild. And it's fun to watch. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, we might not be seeing that kind of looseness. We might not be seeing who we're seeing if we were still trying to scrape our way into winning a division that we
1: don't really deserve to win. Yeah. I also, I want to add to that too, which is like, you know, a lot of noise has been made about the nationals window closing. And obviously we've talked, we have all talked a lot because we're those kind of sappy people about like old nationals. And I feel like we're finally letting the 2012, et cetera, nationals go. And now can it's you, time Can
0: you say for- that again so I can say- be sure I heard you right?
1: I know. We're kind of collectively letting the 2012 nationals go. And now it's time to see who the, rather than, cause it's always like, oh, it's a new team. Who are these guys, et cetera. But now we're actually taking the young guys who will be the core, the base, the, the foundation of the next 2012 nationals and letting them be their own people and find their own identity rather than having to fit them into this narrowing window with very sarcastic air quotes of keeping that 2012 era alive. Like we can now take the 2012 era, put it on the shelf and let the 2019 era begin with these young guys and see the team that they're going to make.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, Soto, Robles, the Adrians, Defo. Yeah. I would like to believe that both Bryce and Mikey may be part of that. I know that either of them or both of them could not be for very different reasons. I think that there's a place for either or both of them. And I hope that we see that um I hope that they see that and that the team sees that and I think it's going to be a really interesting offseason however I do think even if we were to keep Bryce, it would still be a new era
1: oh yeah I, I believe that too it's it's what I'm saying is le- even though I'm obviously talking about the players that are currently on the team but less about the specific players and more the at mental mental the mental picture that we as fans have of what this team is like Bryce may still be there but that doesn't mean it's the p- team Bryce came to. It's true. I do think an awful
0: lot of people's idea of the window centers around Bryce.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And frankly, one player does not a World Series winner make.
1: It shouldn't. But we insist
2: on that narrative and it's never going to go away. And, and one of the things that we're seeing is like, you know, we're, we're seeing all of the young guns who've come up and it's like, oh, well, these are the Bryce insurance guys. If you yeah. box. They wanted to make sure they had a... We had a spare. Juan Soto is dangerously close to eclipsing him. Yes. And I think, like... I don't want to... Yeah. Uh, that's what's yeah. But, like, you know, one of the things that was, like... You know, and, and Ron Soto was not supposed to be the Bryce replacement. That's Victor Robles. Mm-hmm. Ver- you know? Juan Soto was supposed to be the Robles replacement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, that's silly. Juan Soto is silly. But, like part of it's like, look, yeah, oh, the window closed, except, like, oh, did you want another Bryce? We have two now. Like, <laughs> an outfield that's um, Soto, Robles, and Eaton is not a terrible outfield, which is, like, they, they did ha- actually have a backup plan for it and a way to not let the window close. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Juan, Juan Soto was doing very, 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 very well. Um, but like a bunch of other guys, once they got uninjured, started having really good seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, like Eaton came back and is now doing what he, what he was supposed to do the whole time. You know, Robles Rendon... was
0: also injured, frankly, yeah. like him earlier,
2: was injured. Don't look at the video. Anybody, nobody, no. we will not be posting that. Like Rendon is quietly hitting around 300.
1: Uh, just like, has Rendon ever done anything not quietly? <laughs> Just a, I mean no. He,
2: he's so he's so good. um I don't know if you guys were watching the game earlier. He made an amazing throw. Uh like I, I saw it initially and it was like, wow, Trey Turner's not as skinny as I oh, they're in the shift, and that was <laughs> ran and he did a jump throw, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like very nice. Uh, I did not
0: see it. I'll have to look for it. Yeah, yeah he's I'm
2: sure he's hitting two ninety six on the season. Yeah. Like Rendon is quietly having another really 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 good year and so you know the window is mostly closed when we stop having that all of those things at once which I hope we don't yeah we we had a contingency plan for if Brace walked we had contingency plans
1: for contingency plans except apparently in our starting rotation but that's a a talk for another day right? Um. (laughs) and and our at catcher (laughs) yeah um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's this is it. I'm excited to see the new the next phase of the Nationals, which we're really only in our second phase currently. You know, we've only been here for I can do math 13 seasons like we had the suck phase and then we had the 2012 phase. And now it's time to actually see that. And we're just kind of not used to it, I think, yet. And so it's taking it's harder to let it move forward, you know.
0: Yeah, it's hard to let go of your first good anything. Yeah. So our first good era, the fact that it's ending doesn't mean that the second good era isn't going to follow it.
1: It's different, and it's hopefully it looks good, f- what I'm seeing right now. Especially well, that at bat, <laughs> Soto, in yeah. play,
0: runs. Yeah,
1: especially that Soto kid. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing it's taken us this long to get here conversationally. But, like, what the series has been going on is the Roy battle, and like, holy bananas.
0: Yeah, we got, like, we got some, the, the,
1: the kids are all right. <laughs> just, yeah, just like Soto versus Acuna. Like, what?
0: If I weren't incredibly <laughs> biased, I don't know if I would know who to pick, honestly. They're both so incredible
1: There's really solid arguments on on both sides and obviously we're seeing those arguments play out literally in front of our eyes every game in the series and i'm gonna just have to go with deciding factor is bias obviously one soda
2: should win oh, yeah. <laughs> of course he should because he's younger i never i never claimed to be an impartial arbiter here yeah and like i i, I agree it's it's neck and neck and who wins everybody like we all win yeah because we yeah. get to watch it um yeah because we get to watch it and we get to like see Juan soto nightly do Juan soto things and we get to occasionally see acuña do acuña things and you know it's one of those things where Juan soto came up as a 19 year old and he was like oh i really gotta work on my defense and then we're all like um you <laughs> cool. spit on borderline pitches better than most dudes almost twice your age like yeah. what like you you expect him to do all the like rookie things, and I'm like, he's done none of them. Like I don't understand. Phenomenally. phenomenally.
1: I really like that. <laughs> Good job with that. Just seeing the stats for every game, it's like, and and one soda does this, and Acuna does this, and it's just like, it, uh, stop mm. it. It's like they're it's like their fight. Like the two teams are having a game, but realistically the game is just between the two of them. And they're like, yeah. I'm going to anything you can do. I can do better. Laura, this is your permission <laughs> to sing. I like, can do
0: anything better than you. <laughs>
1: like This is very much what I feel like is happening. Like, yeah, like I mean, just baseball horse or something. Just for the, <laughs> just for the sake of
0: it, 2018 stats, Juan Soto, he's batting 304 with 20 homers, 63 RBIs. His OPS is 956. And he's now at five stolen bases, having just gained three this weekend. What? This kid is nuts.
2: Yeah, and he was a pitcher as of like three years ago. Was he, was he really? actually? Yeah. So I read, and now I I will tell you, I read the article, and it was in Spanish, and like, I it took some piecing through. Oh, yes. link me. Um, yeah, I will I will dig up the link. Um, but yeah, he was, I believe, a pitcher as of. A few years ago, um, not a very good one by his own admission, but like they discovered that he could hit the ball. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, most of the
1: kids that come up were pitchers, meaning they had the strongest arm on their high school team. And so they were pitchers by default. Fair. You know, so it's not that surprising if you think about it for like a second. But
0: and when you look at the throws it, he can make, yeah, frankly. it's just,
1: it's just thinking about it, you're like, Wait, but pitching but pitching. Like, like it makes sense logically, but then it doesn't make sense emotionally.
0: <laughs> so if we need a position player to pitch, like in the last weekend of the season, what you're yeah. saying is that it should be Juan Soto.
2: Yeah. Um, and I found the, I found a profile of him from uh, early in the season, which was actually in English. So I will link, I will link that as well. But yes, his own admission uh, was, was a pitcher and not a great one. I, I
1: just love it when every, um, Every guy, every player says something like, Oh yeah, I used to play this and I was bad at it. <laughs> like it's just it's kind of refreshing <laughs> to a certain extent, you know. Well,
0: Doolittle can't mention his past as a position player without Aaron reminding him how utterly terrible he was. <laughs> what <laughs> what position favorite. did he play? Um, oh god, I think he was a shortstop. I was gonna guess shortstop. Yeah, I think okay. he was a shortstop. And there's this story about him in a home run derby hitting zero. Oh he oh, did oh, not oh, hit oh, okay. any. <laughs>
2: But don't they like soft toss it to you? Uh I don't know. We can
0: ask Erin about it. She loves to tell that story. But yeah, no, he he was not a good position player and he will tell you that.
1: I'm sorry, I'm I'm literally Muppet player. Oh
2: my god. Are you okay? I'm just I'm just pitching. I'm trying to hit old runs a overrun run derby. I'm failing. So Oh God, I broke. Speaking of relief pitchers hitting, and this wasn't in, in the outline, but I did want to mention it. Um, so we had that makeup game on Thursday against the Cubs mm-hmm. um, that was delayed and delayed because of like it was, I guess, the delayed game from game from Sunday and blah blah blah. And it was the whole thing was a a lot of sound and fury, and it ended up just being a baseball game. Um, it went to extra innings, which was silly. Um, like there were some really good parts with like Greg Holland, you know, uh, I believe striking out Contreras with the bases loaded and, you know, we eventually lost, but it was kind of like, this is a, we lost, I think like by one run in Mm -hmm. extras, whatever our season's over. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was just an entertaining game, but Joe Madden in his infinite quirkiness (laughs) decides to put in, uh, it's Strope. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, uh, to bat for himself in a bases loaded one out situation. And then Strope hits it sort of, I think it was like a bad bunt and then makes, makes his way down the first baseline and then injures himself yeah. in the process.
0: Yeah. And that was pretty awful. I yeah. actually feel really bad for him.
2: And everyone's like, what instructions would you give other than stand there and don't get hit? Like all they yeah. wanted him to do was pitch the bottom of that inning so like stand there and literally avoid the ball at all costs yeah. should have been the instructions like if if you can have like the intentional walk doesn't have any pitches thrown can you have the intentional out of just just add an out <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean honestly that's a good corollary
0: that, yeah that's not a bad point actually
2: <laughs> yeah like for the,
0: for the relief pitcher requisite strikeout. i mean i we would miss watching some of the silliness
1: Well, it would be for specific situations where, you know, you're not trying to get a hit. You just want, you have to just get, move this guy through. Just, we all know, just move him along. Not for situations where you actually would want, say, a Max Scherzer to hit or a Craig Stammen to hit or, you know.
0: True. I'm just picturing like clips one at bat ever (laughs) and he had that like incredibly pissed off confused look on
2: his face like (laughs) looking at the bat like what what am i supposed to do with this i'm supposed to be on the other side guys and much further away (laughs) why is this happening yeah like yeah i feel like for like an intentional walk you should just have the intentional out it's the same hand signal but in reverse. Yeah. I'm going to get up. I'm not going to even stand in the batter's box. Please, you throw the pitches into, into the catcher's mitt. And unlike, you know, the intentional walk used to be, like, you threw vastly outside the zone on purpose, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to stand outside the box.
1: You should have to just walk up to the box, touch your foot in it, and then... Yeah. To pull your foot
2: out, and then you walk back to the dugout and sit down. You put your <laughs> one foot in, you put your one foot out, <laughs> and then you sit the fuck down. <laughs> the relief pitcher at bat, Pokey. <laughs> so yeah. I, I hope Strop is okay. He's yeah, fun to watch pitch when it's not against us. Um, and I just hope everybody, you know, I you, even. Okay, there are maybe there's maybe like
1: two players that I would want to see get hurt, but like on in in general, regardless of how much I don't like your team or do like your team, I don't want to see anybody get hurt.
0: Oh yeah. If if I want you to get hurt, it's because you're a terrible person, not because of baseball reasons.
1: Or if you're a terrible person because of baseball reasons. I have beef
0: Well, you can be a (laughs) terrible person within within the realm of baseball. (laughs) Yes. But that's still person reasons, not like you struck someone out when I didn't want you
2: to. Right. I get, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm like, do I want Chase Sutley to get his legs broken? No.
0: No, I want I want the domestic abusers to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not above saying that. If it makes me a bad person, so be it. But if if I if somebody said somebody in MLB has to be seriously injured tomorrow, who do you want? Well, Araldus yeah. Chapman. If you're pick giving away my pick, you know that's not how the world works. And should I feel that way? Is it productive? Probably not. But you know. If we're talking about wanting versus not wanting to see players hurt if mm-hmm. you're on a team that beat me once no i absolutely don't want to see you hurt if you beat up your wife i do that's where i draw that line i don't think it's a very hard line
2: to draw no fair enough yeah i i mostly i feel that relief pitchers should should just be excused <laughs> not like the dh not, the always, not always excused. sometimes I mean, fun ollie could
1: hit
0: Yeah, he he had that bug that turned into an error that won us that ridiculous extra inning game against the Twins. You guys remember that?
1: That was like later in the season. Because there was that one, one or two games where he came in and we all were like Oliver Perez.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> we're like, oh, hello. Um, by the way, he is having a hell of a freaking season. Where and is we, he? I was meaning he's to in ask Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, oh, I right.
0: keep not being able to retweet him because of the logo, yeah. and it's making me really mad. Because oh, I'll retweet, I'll retweet Cleveland if it's the, the blocky.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: I don't retweet on the podcast account or my account if it's got the logo. Yeah. Uh, and he so there's been I think it's MLB Mexico that has like every other day something about how amazingly he's doing because he is.
2: Yeah, he has a sub one ERA. Like he's doing really, really well. Um they had on pitching ninja him with his three deliveries overlaid over each yeah. other to show how much they mess you up. Um so like usually the overlays are to show like these two things look so similar, but yet yield two different pitches. And it was like these three things are crazy yeah <laughs> like abandon all hope there you go <laughs> um like you don't know what's coming or when so yeah it was it was cool um i want to say they did it with the block c so I, I felt comfortable retweeting but yeah i agree laura i don't they he was like the one picture of him and you can see this the logo on his hat and i'm just like i don't want to no nope, nope. Um, but yes, I agree. Ali Ali should forever get to hit. Also, can I add that like after Max had a kind of bad outing against the the Braves, everyone was taking a lot of shots at him about like Degrom is better, blah blah blah.
0: I was so pissed.
2: Um, they- and yeah, Degrom did it against the Red Sox. Like he did well, but not so well that like it's it's super conclusive either. And it really is just depending on which metrics you look at. Like, again, yeah. of mm-hmm. course, I'm biased and want Scherzer, but like.
0: Well, and frankly, though, even if you don't, like you're allowed to want somebody else, he's wanted a bunch. Why are you gleeful about the fact that one of the best pitchers of our generation is having a bad night? Mets like, fans. You could just, but it's not only Mets fans. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. A lot of them were Mets fans. But there were people from all over the place where I was like, you're like a Blue Jays blogger. What the hell do you care? Like, just because you happen to want somebody else to win, whether it's DeGrom or not, like, you can be like, oh, cool, like, this bad outing, like, means that my, like, the guy that I think deserves it, like, probably has a better chance. But like, ha, ha, nana, Scherzer had a bad night. Like, suck my everything, okay?
1: Like, somebody only, some people only have, only feel better about themselves if somebody else loses, not if they win. The Mets. But also a lot in baseball, I feel like yeah, that is a no, you're right. Underlying theme in baseball, it's like it's not whether my guy wins, it's that your guy loses. And I feel that way about the Barbs certainly, but like spe- specifically, it's like oh well, you know, for whatever reason, you're really good, so I don't like you, so I just want to root for you to lose because that's the only way I can feel good about myself.
2: Yeah, mm.
1: yeah, small-minded people. Mm. <laughs>
2: what? No, I just. Yeah, I agree with Laura. They can all suck it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um, so anyway, so so not that, I mean, I think the thing about, like, Twitter scion committees is that they have a hell of a recency bias.
1: Mm-hmm. And real scion yeah.
0: committees do, too, but not as much as all the Twitter GMs out there, um, of which I am certainly one, obviously. So, yeah, am I am I hoping that Max's bad night was just a bad night and that it doesn't actually mean anything? Yeah. However, they haven't said anything about anything going on, so I think it was probably just a bad night. Yeah um and frankly i still think he's fully in it just because he had one bad game i mean there's a little bit of season left and there was a hell of a lot of season where he was amazing so i'm sorry if one bad outing knocks somebody out of contention for an award just because it happens to be towards the end i think that's a little silly also
1: luckily it's not up to the twitter gms right
2: Yeah, and I think the issue is just like, well, do the real Cy Young folks take wins too much into account? And the answer is absolutely yes, it's a dumb stat. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And so should Scherzer get it because he has more wins than DeGrom? Absolutely not. No. But are there other metrics that you can look at to say, like, these guys are the same?
0: Whip, FIP, batting average against. I mean, Max is leading in on those categories. Yeah. DeGrom's Uh, leading in ERA, and it's not close.
2: So what's going to be
1: hilarious is that it's going to end up being NOLA. No, it's, it it ain't. Um,
0: I, w- I will not, for what it's worth, I will not be at all mad if it's Degrom. I think he has pitched an incredible season, and I think he is one of those who would fully deserve it were he to get it. I would be very happy for him.
2: Yeah, um, I think this is this is analogous to last year with MVPs, where I was just like, look, if it were, because uh, it, it like before they had the the final I guess three, because the final three were what Votto, Goldschmidt, and Stanton, I think in the NL. Yes, sounds about right. I don't remember. So, um, and I was like, look, if Stanton gets it, I'm fine with it. But like before they announce those final three, I'm like, if it's Chris Bryant and not my Lord and Savior Anthony Rendon, I'm gonna be, I'm going to murder somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Like if it's Nolan Arenado, sure. Like somebody, I
0: think it's, I think it's Mina has had some pretty funny Chris Bryant takes. In the last couple of days. Someone
2: tried to claim that Chris Bryant was more handsome than Ian Desmond. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not true. But
1: any, but to really actually walk out of this, i um, just going to mention again, uh, and Sydney, feel free to, and Laura, feel free to say it a little bit more. Um, Sid has been writing on short on relief on baseball prospectus the past couple weeks. Laura has a piece in the pipe, I think that's coming out this week. Tuesday. Tuesday. Woo. Um so definitely keep an eye out for those. And I know there's some other stuff that is gonna be uh, coming across your 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 computer screens in the future. Um, do you guys wanna just give a quick synopsis of what what you can expect to see from the two of you soon? Um, So
0: my upcoming piece is reflecting on the Women's Baseball World Cup, as well as some personal feelings about gender.
2: Um, I am not sure what I have coming up, but I have a few things kind of in the can. Uh, One will probably be on um, don't quote English, people whose first language isn't English verbatim when they make grammatical errors, because it's dumb and i also have a a piece that's pretty much done on basically science versus scientific pitching about a little bit about trevor bauer we'll see how that works for me all right so uh
1: keep an eye out for those um and then laura do you have a queer fancy stats update for us
0: i do so the Nats um had a special donation going while they were playing the braves based on um newcomb and so that is now finalized So the final donation on that is $41.59 to Lost and Found Youth in Atlanta. Um, This is an organization that provides resources, shelter, um, other sorts of support for LGBT homeless youth. And so... That I think is the end of the donations for the nationals this season, because we no longer have Murphy mm-hmm. um, and the trade donations were uh, shorter. It wasn't going to be the whole rest of the season. Um, and this was the last time we were facing another team that was incurring a bonus such as the Brewers or the Braves. So that, that, that's a wrap for the nationals queer fancy stats season. The Cubs donations for Murphy are continuing through the regular season Um, And that is currently up to $31.52, and it's going to be going to Howard Brown Health in Chicago, which is the Midwest's largest provider of health and wellness for the LGBTQ community and people living with HIV. So if you are interested in matching either the final donation on the Nats or continuing to follow and match for the Murphy donation now for the Cubs, um, you can check out at queer fancy stats on Twitter.
1: Um, we are on Twitter at restingpitchface with no G. Uh, you can also check us out on our website, restingpitchface.com which has links to our Twitter, links to our Zazzle store and um, links to email, etc. If you want to ever get in contact with us we love taking comments, questions, concerns and in light of his uh, MC role, uh, things smeared on Dan
2: Colco. Haven't used that one in a while. <laughs> I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats!
0: Let's go Nats! Let's go Nats! Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And no way you confuse confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the A. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolates us to celebrate.